0: We are honored to have Evan Ford join us for all of Beatle for 17 years. Evan Ford has been the key speaker at all of Beatle It is first in honor to introduce our members. It's a great privilege to be here tonight as was mentioned I have the privilege that few people have but I've been addressing Avino Malkanu since its inception. Tonight unfortunately is a little different the sense that for 16 of those 17 years I was invited personally from the founder of this event and was his brainchild of Zachary Wallace, who was a a good friend (coughs) and therefore the year 17 which numerically equals 12 which is good well, in my mind, it could have been better. Uh, it might be Tob, but it's not Mitsuyan. It is definitely deficient. But nonetheless, <coughs> as they say, <coughs> the show must go on, but it clearly is, uh, is definitely missing something, and it is felt and surely this felt by myself. It is a rabbi's responsibility to speak to this congregation on Shabbat Shuvah, which is in a couple of days. That's a daunting task to every year to try to figure and find a a point and an idea, a new idea that you haven't touched on in previous years and what I like to do is I like to look at what the old rabbis used to say during this time of year. I like things that are vintage. I like things that are old, authentic. I love to see what the rabbis 200 years ago, 300, 500 years ago were saying to their congregations. You know as much as things change, things remain the same. So searching for an old dirasha, I surprised myself and I found probably the oldest documented Shabbat Shuvah speech maybe in history. Speech had to be given at least 2,000 years ago, probably more. The speech is actually documented in Gemara Hagigah and Dat Gimam I would like to tell you the context of how I found it and what's said there It's actually connected to this week's Parashah as well Parashat Vayedek So we have a double connection Parashat HaShavua and Shabbat Shuvah So the Gemara says that there was a rabbi His name was Rabbi Yoshua Ben Hananiah And he was aged He was an old rabbi And he wasn't able to attend the Bet Midrash So he was home He lived in a city called Peki'in. It's in the north of Israel As a matter of fact I was just in Piki'in a few months ago It's not too far away From the cave Of Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai Where he learned for 13 consecutive years, it's a very, very holy place. Anyway, the rabbis made a visit. <clears throat> they visited the Be Yoshua. So the Be Yoshua turns to them and says, "Avotai, what's the Kedush that they said today in the yeshiva? What are they talking about? The learning?" So they say, "Rabbi, you're our teacher. We didn't come to teach you." we came to listen far it from us to tell the rabbi <laughs> not like today that everybody tells the rabbi what they learned today everybody has something to tell the rabbi, a hadush, an idea but in the olden days nobody wanted to tell the rabbi his business they wanted the rabbi to talk even though the rabbi asked, tell me what they said Asma Shalom. we live from your lips so he said even so Every day there must be a Hiddush in the Bet Midrash. Midrash Hidush. What was the Hidush that was said? And they still said no? Not for us to say. We came to learn. <clears throat> so we had to, I guess, pry it out of them. So he said, okay, let me ask you a simple question. Who was the speaker? Let's start with that. Who spoke? So well, today's speaker was Zabil Azar bin Azariah who was one of the rosh yeshivas. This is the yeshiva of Yavne. So he said, okay, good. And what was his topic? Slowly, slowly he's drawing it out of them. He says his topic was the topic of hakel. Hakel is a mitzvah that applies every seven years. As a matter of fact, if the Beta Mekdash was around today All of us would not be here We'd be in Jerusalem Preparing for Hakeb After Shemitah On the holiday of Sukkot Everybody has to converge To Jerusalem To the Temple Mount Men, women and children And the king gives a, a Sermon from the Torah So Rabbi Yoshua asked what was the topic of Elazar Al-Azariah? He talked about Hakel. And finally he says, And what did he say? And they had no choice. So they said, well, His speech was the following. Torah says that men have to go to Hakel. Rabbi al Azar said, I understand why men have to go. Because after all, men have an obligation to learn Torah. It's their overriding obligation. Ladies have to go to hakim. He said, I understand why ladies have to go. Because they'll pick up knowledge of the mitzvot. After all, ladies are obligated in all the negative commandments. And they're obligated in mitzvot aser, that are not bound by time. But in that speech, B al Azar bin Azariah asked the following question. Taf, lema hem ba'in Why does God mandate that the children have to come to Hakel? What benefit are the children going to get at this event? Do they understand any of the speeches? Clearly not. Are they obligated in mitzvot at that tender age? No. If anything, the children only are a distraction and a disturbance. We know it from synagogue. When you have the kids running around playing freeze tag or doing all their, their games, they only make noise. So Rebir Azar bin Azariah asked in the speech, why is it that the Torah says the taf, the taf tetpet? why do the taf, the children have to come back in? And he answered. Rabbi so Hashem says, what did he answer? He says, He says, in order that the parents that brought them will get reward. That was the Riddush. <clears throat> now, my theory is it must have been if he was speaking on Shabbat and he's talking about Hakim, it must have been Parashat <clears throat> Bayanik, this week's Parashat. And usually, more times than not, Parashat Vayelech is the parashat that we read on Shabbat Shuba. So it comes out that the theme of Rabbi al azar bin Azariyad's Shabbat Shuva speech, the oldest recorded Shabbat shuva speech in history, was on the subject of Hakel, and his pressing question was, why the children? Why are they mandated to come? There's no purpose, or there's no apparent purpose. And his answer was <clears throat> to give reward to the parents, whatever that means. I will explain it shortly. But somehow the parents will get reward. Anyway, when the Rabbi Yoshua heard this, he perks himself up, purchases himself up. And he turns to the rabbis that visited him, and he says, You had such a pearl of a Hiddush. This is a gem. I can't believe what you're telling me. And you wanted to deprive me from this Hiddush? The Biyushua, as if he said, it's, good, I press you? because otherwise you wouldn't have told this to me. And this to me is a malgalit. How are you thinking to deprive this hidush from me? Dear ladies, my question on this gemara is obvious. We don't find this to be such a great Earth-shattering Hiddush. Where is the Margalith in this? Where is Rabbi Yoshua feeling so excited when he heard this Hiddush? What was in the speech of Rabbi Azar bin Azariah that resonated very loudly with Rabbi Yoshua to the extent where he said, This is a gem. And I'm glad you told it to me. How did you imagine to deprive me from it? So I would like to introduce what we said in previous years first based on the opinion of Ben Chai, our great Rabbi the Ben Yosef Chaim from Baghdad Ben Chai says what is the advantage of bringing little kids to Hakel. Why would the Torah mandate it? So you know what he says? He says, you'll be surprised. Even a child that does not understand, a child that has no obligations, but if you put him in a proper environment and you expose him to God-fearing people and he's in society, that they're talking Torah and he sees fear of God permeating and he sees the congregation attaching themselves to God even though he's not aware consciously what's going on but through osmosis the Ben Yishai says that Kedusha will permeate into the child and rest assured that Torah that he's hearing although he doesn't hear it consciously his soul hears it and eventually it'll germinate. And eventually it'll affect him when he gets older. And he will have Yirat Shabayim just from being in those events. The example would be this is like hakel. But we're doing it tonight as a, as, a, as a form of hakel. It couldn't have come at a better time. And if you'd have a little kid running around, and some of you would be annoyed and say, What does he bring? What do they bring these little kids for? after all they're crying and a mother never hears a child's crying but don't discount it so much the child will be better off when he gets older because he was in attendance although we can't repeat one word nor not he understand anything that's being said the Shama hears it we have a lady in our community, she had a baby and she told me she had the baby many years ago She took at those times, there was a tape of the Tehillim. And she put it in the crib. And the Tehillim was being played all day long on a loop. 150 chapters, they go back to the beginning. And I asked her, where did you learn that trick from? Says, I "I once heard from the rabbi, from the Ben Chai that the souls of the children, they permeate, they hear everything. I must tell you, this child grew up, Besides the fact that he has a natural affinity to Stehilim, he must read the book twice a week, which is odd for a teenager. Somehow, it entered. Somehow, it seeped in. So therefore, the (laughs) Hiddush of the B'liya, as it is, the parents will get reward by bringing these children. And you know what the reward of the parents is going to be? That they'll have children that have Mirach Hamayim. Because they brought their children to a spiritual, religious inspiring event. Why did Rabbi Yoshua get excited? Because he says, don't you know my story? Rabbi Yoshua was a student of Rabbi Yohanan. He was one of five students. Like it says in B'Kar Abot. Rabbi Yohanan was a great Rebbe. How do I know? Because it says he praised his students. Anytime you see a Rebbe praising their students... You must know he must be a great man. And he found a quality about each of the students that he accentuated. When it came to the Yoshua bin Hananiah, he said and you, my dear Yoshua, on you I say Ashre Yolato Fortunate is the mother that bore you. Your greatness is to the credit of your mother. And the in that Mishnah, says that there's a tradition that the mother of Rabbi Yoshua when Rabbi Yoshua was a little baby, she used to put him in the carriage, she would nurse him quickly, and then take him to the Beit Midrash, and she would sit with the baby in the ladies' section, and the rabbis in the Beit Midrash were fighting and learning this way and that way, and all the Kol Torah, and the Milhamah of the Torah, and that little Yoshua is infant, very, very, very young baby and the B. says my Rebbe complimented me your mother, it's her credit and I never understood what kind of credit I didn't understand one word they said I mean, it's not like I was able to participate I don't remember too much either but now that you're telling me that the Torah mentions this. That the Torah says it in a pasuk that the children should go to Akel because it will make them better children because the Neshemot will experience. You had a margalit and that margalit is my story. from all people. You did not want to tell me this? If anybody lived and is an example of the poster child of this Hidush, it's me. I'm the child that went to Hakel. I'm the kid that went to the Midrash, had no understanding of anything, and my rebbe said I'm better off, but I never understood why. And now you're telling me that Biel Azab bin Azariah found the source in Torah for this? It's good I cried it out of you. You've resolved the great mystery and riddle of my life. That's Ben Ishaim. But I'd like to explain it a little deeper tonight in your honor. What do you have there? Amen. There's nothing better we could do during our Selim teshuvah than learn different pieces from the Talmud. You just learned the Gebarah HaGigah. Now we're going to learn the berachot. Listen to a piece, it's a classic. I'm taking you back now, 2,000 years. We're in Eretz Yisrael, we're in the yeshiva called Yavne. The rosh yeshiva is Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel was a strict rosh yeshiva. He was very strict on who was allowed to enter the yeshiva. He had a very, very uh, high uh, exam rate. You needed to pass a certain test to get in. And that test was called tochok kevaro. You needed to be genuine. He was only looking for quality talmidim, Rabban And that was his way. He was very particular. One day, the Yoshua, our rabbi, Rabbi Yoshua, came into the Beit Midrash and he argued on the Gabriel. Well, he's a rabbi, he can argue. The Gabriel felt that he was out of line and he punished them. I mean, this is not second grade, but he told Rabbi Yoshua, go stand in the corner. So Rabbi Yoshua has to listen. He's a grown man, king. Anyway, the Bangebel got up to speak, and the people felt bad for the b'yoshua, And they stopped the Bangebel in the middle of his speech, and he said, Rabbi, we need elections. We need to have a new Rosh Hashiva. You're too strict on us. And therefore, immediately they deposed him. Now the rabbis met, and they said, who are you going to take to replace the Bangebel? They said, well, we can't take the b'yoshua.'" He's involved in the mahlokid, he's uh, he's party to the dispute. How about the Biakiva? Good choice, but he doesn't have zechuta vote. So they finally come to the conclusion we have the new Rosh Hashiva. His name is the Biael Azar bin Azariah. He was a teenager, 18 years old, didn't have a white hair in his beard. They came to the Beil Azad. They said, "You have the knowledge, you have the wealth, you have the connections, you have the, You're nominated." So, Let me ask my wife. His wife wasn't so convinced, but eventually she acquiesced. The next morning, he grew white beard, as we learned in the Gemara. He went from 18 to look like a 70 year old man. That's the Beil Azad bin Azariyam. and they make him the Rosh Hashiva. The first day that he was the Rosh Yeshiva, he changed the policy of Rabban Gabnier. And he said, Whoever wants to learn Torah, the Bet Midrash is open. There's no more gatekeeper. Laissez-faire, open door policy. On that day the Gemara says, there was such an influx of Talmidim. According to one version in the Gemara, 700 benches were added. I don't know how many sit on a bench, but even if it's five on a bench, 3,500 students, could you imagine the Kol that was taking place? Listen to just do a story. The Bank of Niel fell bad. They went to apologize to the Biyushua. He went to his house, and the Gemara tells us how the conversation went. It didn't start off so good. The Biyushua was really upset, but eventually the Binyamin said, "Listen, Rabbi Yushua, I caused you agony. I pained you. Forgive me." The Biyushua says, "I don't." I guess he was hurt. He says, "Don't do it for me. Do it for my great grandfather." His great grandfather was the great Rabbi Hillel. He says, for your great grandfather, I'll forgive you. He says, great. Can I go back to the yeshiva and tell them that you forgave me? Yes. Went back. He said, the botai, it's all over. I made amends with the Be Yeshua. He's okay. Now the rabbi's had an emergency meeting because if he made up and everything's back to normal, they can make him the rosh yeshiva again. But there's a problem because the Halakha says once you nominate the Bil Azab and Azariah, you can't bring him down. Ma'alim bakodesh ve'en moridin. But the Bangam Liel made Teshuvah, so you got to bring him up. So they decided to make one of the greatest compromises in any yeshiva's history. They said we're going to have two rosh yeshivas. The Bangam Liel and the Bil Azab and Azariah. But now we have to divide who's going to speak on which Shabbat. There's four Shabbats in the month. We need to make a rotation. So the conclusion was, Rabban Gamliel will speak for three weeks of the month, and the Hazar bin Azia will speak one week. Now let's go back to our story. Rabbi Yahshua, who was party of that story, now became an old man. He's in Piki'in. Rabbis came to visit him. He says, Who spoke this Shabbat? It was Shabbat Shuba. Who spoke? What was he asking? Was it Nabangab Ni'er or was it Nabi al-Azab? Shabbat Chilmi. I was there when they made the rotation. I was the, I was the whole reason why this whole Mahlokin blew up in the first place. It was my fault. So I know very well about the rotation. So just tell me which one of the two rabbis gave the speech. It's Rabi Azariah. Now Yoshua loved Rabi Al-Azab Azariah. I'm gonna tell you why. He loved the open door policy. He was very happy with that policy, the Yoshua. You know why? Because Rabbi Yoshua understood that all you have to do is expose any sort of Jew to Torah, and the Torah is magic. The Torah is able to transform anyone. It doesn't matter how they look on the outside. It doesn't matter their veneer, or the way that they dress, or the way that they talk. The exposure to Torah is able to make a metamorphosis on anyone nobody is impenetrable by the power and the force of Torah and therefore when the Abil opened the gates he said well we can accept anybody even if the student is genuine if he's not genuine so what put a book in front of him give a Rebbe teach him some Torah and you'll see the Torah will start to grow A talmid, you know how to be Yeshua knew this he says my mother took me to the Midrash when I was a child and it had an impact on me. If Torah can have an impact on an infant, it can definitely have an impact on an adult. If an infant that doesn't even understand what's being said, the Torah can change. Then certainly young students, its men in Yavne, or ladies in Avinu Malkinu, the Torah is able to change them. You have much more. Susceptibility to Torah than an infant. If the infant through osmosis becomes better, so certainly adults understand and it penetrates and they understand it conceptually and intellectually. Certainly, it'll make a change. So the Beis was very happy, but he hasn't been in the yeshiva for many years. So he was worried that maybe the Beil Azab and Azariah, maybe. Maybe he changed the policy. You know, he wasn't there. Maybe they went back to the old strict policy of Rabban Gamliel. So he told them, could you tell me what Rabban Azaz spoke about? He spoke about Hakel. And what did he say? He got up on Shabbat Shuban. He said, you got to bring the children. And why? Because the children, just by being in Hakel atmosphere, will become better. And Rabbi Yeshua said, Baruch Hashem, he's still talking, he's still singing the same song, this man. He's still preaching the same Torah. He's still preaching that the Torah is able to change. If he's still giving that speech, that means the policy of the yeshiva is still intact. And it couldn't have come through a better man. Because who brought this change in the yeshiva? Rabbi Yeshua. The man that was the product of Osmosis Torah. It came through him that Nabi al became the president, and the policy of yeshiva was changed. Nabi Yosho was the conduit. He said, God chose me, because through me I taught the world, or my mother taught the world, the impact of Torah, and as a result, God used me as the, the conduit to bring change in the yeshiva. I was the, I was the cause of the fight. And the al came as, as a result. And he changed the policy and he started to accept everybody. So he wanted to make sure, are they still doing it? That's one of my legacies. And that's why he said, such a and you don't want to tell it to me? I was the one that set this domino into effect many years ago. And now I am consoled that the Torah is being taught to everybody, and there's no discrimination. And we don't only have an A class in the yeshiva, but we have a B class and we have a C class. And all the kids in the yeshiva can receive the same benefit. Torah is not to be taught based on IQ. Torah is to be taught based on the person's neshama, and if you have a neshama, must be watered by the Torah and there will be a change doesn't say anywhere in the books that we must teach geniuses and we must teach only the smartest amongst us that was the Bil Azaz hidush a baby what's the IQ of a baby of an infant it's nothing and the Torah said put him in a room put it to him on it will affect him and become better an adult that has aptitude and understanding Good, now you learn the Gemara, few gemariyot. But my question is, why was that his Shabbat Shuvah speech? He didn't say the word Teshuvah even once. He's talking about kids coming to Hakir. And I think I know what the lesson is. The prerequisite for making Teshuvah is to learn. You will not change, I guarantee you. Nobody ever changed by taking his fist and pounding his heart and banging as hard as he can and reading in alphabetical order every crime they committed from their bar mitzvah or bar mitzvah. Nobody ever changed from that. That's a ceremony and it's a ritual, but it doesn't change people. Change can only occur when you start to learn, when you start to open up a sefer and let the Torah enter your souls, then teshuvah has standing and permanence. And therefore when the al Hazar got up on Shabbat Shuvah, he said, I'm not talking about teshuvah Because teshuvah is very, very temporary if you're not going to solidify it through Torah and if you open the Amidah, you'll see it's the Berachat Teshuvah. How does the Berachat Teshuvah begin? I'm not sure if the Ta'amidav Dehashkarazim is like the Deh Svaradim. But at least by us, and I think by you as well, we begin the Berachat Teshuvah like this, HaShiveinu Avinu leToratecha." Return me, God, to your Torah. And then we say, We don't say, bring me to Teshuvah. No, bring me to learning. And then once you bring me to learning, then my Teshuvah will have standing and permanence. I remind all of you, you might have forgotten this or not paid attention. If I were to ask you, The day that the Jewish people received the Torah. Which day is it? Don't say Shavuot. Yes, Shavuot was the beginning of the process. That was the sixth of Sivan. We were supposed to receive the full version 40 days later. But we worshiped the golden calf. So the Luchot was shattered. We didn't receive the Torah when we were supposed to. There was a delay. It was delayed 80 days. When did we finally receive the Torah, the second tablets on Yom Kippur? That means the day of Matan Torah is Yom Kippur, which happens to be Yom Mi'hila Usliha Is there a connection? Well, I believe so. The reason why God made Kippur, the day of Matan Torah, is to say, this is how it begins. We don't change Jews. There's no other way to change Jews. There's no other method. Only to the study of Torah. Then, the Shuvah will help. And that's why the B. El-Azab and Azariah, when he got up on that Shabbat, he said, let me tell you, Even kids can get changed from being in a good atmosphere of Torah and let the adults learn a lesson. If it can permeate into a child that has no idea where he is, then an adult, kalvah homil. But I have one more speech. I'm not a plagiarist, I gave the credit to Nabil Azal bin Azariya. that was his speech. And now I'd like to finish with another great rabbi's speech that I think is very germane to tonight's event. This is a speech from Rav Palm, ala the Rosh of Torah He made this speech, in Tavshin 55, 65, 75. It's about 30 years ago. And he was talking about a Pasuk that says, God says regarding us, in the most clearest of terms, God says, I love you. And then Rabbi Palm goes on and says, but we're not seeing the love. And he starts to talk about the tragedies that hit the world in that year. I'm not sure exactly what he's talking about in specifics. But he said, God is angry there is a certain amount of Ritcha. Ritcha is heat, heat of anger. And he starts to list maybe certain terrorist events that happened in Israel. He says, young people are passing. Children are getting sick. It seems the Rosh Hashiva was bothered. He said, this is a God that loves us. But you could love somebody and also be angry at them. And he said, in Tavshin Doneh, God is angry. And I might say that in Tavshin Pegima, after reviewing the events of last year, <clears> of <throat> all the great tzaddikim, sadkaniyot and the mashpiiim, and the greatest personalities of our people that should have been immune from the Malachah They should have been protected from death. But at the time of God's anger, they were vulnerable like anybody else. So Rapam asks, how do you appease your father in heaven? We need to appease him. Somebody's angry, you try to appease him, you give him a gift, you send them a card, you do some sort of gesture. So Rappap asks, what do we have to make a gesture to God to appease him? So his answer was, and I believe the answer still applies 30 years later. <clears throat> he said when Reuven, one of the tribes, he told the brothers, Throw Yosef in the pit. His intention was not to keep him in the pit. His intention was to come back and pull him out of the pit and save him. However, when Reuven came back to the pit, Yosef already was gone. The Basuk, and I quote, Vayome Reuven, the child is missing. I, regarding myself, where Aniba, where am I going to go? she says Where can I run from the agony and the pain that my father's going to have? My father, Yaakov, is going to be in pain. You know why he's going to be in pain? Because the child is missing. Said Rapham, that when we have generation of children, and the generation is not learning Torah, and instead they're involved in what is called Nachashim ve'akrabim, snakes and scorpions. They're involved in all the frivolities and all the diversions and the degeneracy and the distractions of this world. All the bad streets and the bad roads that unfortunately the technology has to offer. All the social media, social media, which is the otiyot of the satan. Generation today, even those that are affiliated with religious Judaism, but they're drifting. So Rapam says, when the child is missing, when the children of the generation are drifting away, <speaking in Hebrew> that causes the Father in heaven to have sa'av. That causes God in heaven to have agony. <speaking in Hebrew> Where will I run? So he says, we have to return the children to God to recommit ourselves to learning and to teaching our children and to come closest to God through the Torah itself. We are clearly living in a time where although God loves us, but there is an anger. This is clear to me. It is manifest from all the things that are going on. Our great rabbi, the founder of this event, Zakhaya Alemah Shalom, understood this concept of Hayyelin Enenu, and he understood more than anybody the power of the book. How did he bring people back? He exposed them to learning. In the most beautiful way, he gave his Didashur and was able to penetrate even a rock. It was even to penetrate the most difficult, if a person's brain was made out of kryptonite, the Torah was able to penetrate it. And he understood, not only as Rabbi Shapiro said, the power of the people, he understood the power of what he was giving them, he understood the power of Torah. He did not underestimate the power of this limud. If it could have an effect on an infant, it could have an effect on anyone. In and how much did he appease God, this man? This man was involved in appeasing God the day long and the night long. Every time he returned one of God's children to the fold, the God in heaven said, this child was missing, and we can take him off the missing child's list. He's found. Our rabbi was involved in Ashabat Avedah. But the greatest form of hashemata Veda returning souls to their father. And this leaves us in a great, great peril. Because now we don't have, we're losing one of those forces that was involved in retrieving children from pits of snakes and scorpions. And now we come tonight and we say, enenu, enenu." where are we going to hide from the anger and the anguish of our Father in heaven And therefore I say it is incumbent upon us to first and foremost recognize the power of the Surah and to recommit ourselves to learn it and to teach it to our children and not to be involved to the best of our ability, in the snakes and scorpions, in the Nachashim Ba'Akrabim of society. You must know, when the Pasuk says there was no water in that pit. But the Gabbana says, wait, if there was no water, there must have been something else. And the Gabbana says, snakes and scorpions. And the Ba'ale Musa learned a lesson. Water is Torah. And if a brain is not filled With Mayim, something will occupy that empty space. If a parent thinks, well, my child won't learn Torah, but he's not going to do anything bad, he'll be Pav, Switzerland. He'll be neutral. There's no such thing as neutral. It's either Mayim or Nachashim v'Akrabi. The empty space is going to be filled. And there is no better way to resist and push away the temptations of this society this degenerate society, the society that has sunken to the lowest levels, this indicates to me that the Mashiach is very near. But the only way to resist and protect ourselves is to recommit ourselves to the sudden. <laughs> we could talk about Teshuvah from here to tomorrow, but nobody ever changed from banging their chest. Change only happens through learning and I know that I'm preaching to the choir all you ladies came to learn but Torah needs strengthening therefore we must recommit ourselves to our children and our grandchildren and our family members we have a family member expose them to Torah bring them to a shiur let them hear it let them come once and let the Torah do its work. Or Sheba Mahzira mutab The light of this book brings people back to the straight and narrow. And that's what I think why Abir Azad chose this as his theme of Shabbat Shuvah speech. He got up in Parashat VaYelech, The Parashat that we're reading this week. The Shabbat before Kippur. And he said, the kids are better kids because they went to a divine, spiritually injected event. Did they understand anything? Absolutely not. But it affected them forever, and the parents get the reward of having children as such. So I wish you not only to have a meaningful day of the ushtiha Param. But on Yom Kippur we must read accept upon ourselves the Luchot Shiryot as well. Have a pleasant Matan Torah and then Be'ezat Hashem through the Torah by allowing all children to enter the Yeshiva. We should not have a policy that says you are for Torah and you are not. That opinion was Reload. That opinion was rejected and the Mishnah says in bin Ha'amidu Talmidim Halbeh We must raise many students and the Bartenura says From here we see the Halakha is like the al bin Azariah Not Rabban Gamliel Rabban Gamliel did not raise many students His opinion was quality over quantity And the al bin Azariah's opinion was Quantity, but from Torah, the quantity will turn into quality. And that must be our approach. But it begins with ourselves. And I pray that we can return to God, first through Torah, like the Pasuk says in the Gemara, "Halvayu oti azbu, God says, I wish they would stop talking about me. Betorati just let them learn, let them open a book. or sheba lemutav. I wish all of you a shanah tovah borerachet, a Shana of tiryaven of yapa Torah, fruitful and multiplying in the study of Torah. Amen.